Hello everyone, this is Jay Dobbins, your host of the Marvel DC Universe Fan Club. We are now at episode 41, and I'll be discussing two topics. One, what Captain Marvel can learn from Wonder Woman. And of course, two, Spider-Man Homecoming opening uh, weekend box office tracking. So, I'll start with topic number one, which is what... Captain Marvel can learn from Wonder Woman. <coughs> so, um, whether it wants to or not, Wonder Woman is paving the way for female-led superhero films across the board. Will Captain Marvel live up to the legacy? When it comes to both commercial success and meeting fan expectations, the major, the majority of audiences will argue that Marvel has blown past DC when it comes to their respective cinematic universes. Uh, Man of Steel and Suicide Squad have nothing on the likes of Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, DC's Wonder Woman uh, set a new record, however, of course, um, it shattered box office records and defied expectations that it would follow in the footsteps of Suicide Squad, which uh, had a fantastic trailer, but a rocky show uh, in theaters. It certainly set the bar at an above-average uh, level for all female-led superhero films that will inevitably follow. In terms of the DC Entertainment Universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Wonder Woman was the first solo feature film, sorry, it was a solo film to feature a woman in the, uh, in the lead role. The next one will be Captain Marvel, which uh, Marvel won't, re uh, won't release until 2019. That means directors Ann Bowden and uh, Ryan Fleck have time to understand what Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins did right and what she did wrong. <clears throat> so to be fair, these movies are two different uh, beasts. Wonder Woman is an Amazon, a princess, and a daughter of Zeus. She is otherworldly not only in her powers, but in her understanding of mankind and the modern age. So Carol Danvers uh, will become the titular, sorry, the titular of Captain Marvel, is human, and only la only later becomes a superhero through the somewhat tired and ancient "give me special powers" trope. Uh, she was a pilot. A CIA agent and later a writer. What these two uh, characters in their subsequent films have in common, however, is that both are feminist icons. Both movies will play a role in showing Hollywood that female led action movies, uh, be they be they superheroes or not, can and will make money if they can, uh, if they are afforded the opportunity to do so. Uh, 
Wonder Woman took the first leap and landed gracefully on both feet. It's now time for Captain Marvel to take the next step and see what it can do to continue this progression. <clears throat> despite nearly sorry, despite nearly always coming out on top on its own merit, there's pl- there's plenty Marvel can learn from DC when it comes to sorry, when it comes time to debut their first female centric superhero film. So luckily, Marvel is already on the right track. Just like DC knew a female director had to take on Diana's Prince story. So did so, uh, so to did Marvel. Uh, of course, Marvel knew a woman had to lead the charge for Daryl. Sorry for Carol Danvers, though it doesn't sit quite as nicely as a solo directing gig. And and Anne Bowden will at least co-direct with Ryan Fleck. Uh, so success really does start with good foundation. Having a female director on board makes for a strong start out of the gate. The next step will be uh, the script, uh, which is being handled by Meg Lefauve and Nicole Palmer. This is already a step ahead of Wonder Woman, who had a, uh, an all-male writing team. The complaints I've seen about Wonder Woman have mostly centralized around the screenplay. <coughs> that and some, in that some fans feel as though Diana's origin story didn't match up as closely to the comics as it could have. Um, more Easter, more Easter eggs and bigger tie-ins into the overall universe would have gone a long way to make this film feel as though it, it's as much part of the DC Entertainment Universe as uh, those that come before it. So, I'm less worried about Captain Marvel's screenplay as Marvel Studios already have proven more than adequate at adapting their comics into feature-length films. So, the source material is there, ripe for the uh, picking, and uh, the studio has a history of incorporating references to an almost uh, uh, exhaustive degree. So, this is where the... MCU or well the Marvel Cinematic Universe shines. So, what I'm most hesitant about is the directorial style of both Bowden and Fleck. So, you know, will it truly be a co-directing credit, or will it have a heavier hand? So, but Jenkins, uh, Jenkins Wonder Woman has a breath of fresh air because uh, the presence of the male gaze in the film was minimal. Uh, she was uh, not overly sexualized. She was not weakened by the presence of a man. 
her story was universal, no matter her gender gender identity. Uh, so, in the uh, so I hoped the same can be said when Captain Marvel makes her debut. I want to see uh, her be treated as equally as male as her male co-stars. I want to see her as a hero, regardless of her gender. I want uh, this to be her story, her journey. She deserves her time in the spotlight on the big screen. And, as much as I don't want to uh, this to be a factor, a lot of it's going to be, you know, a lot of it's going to come down of what she looks like. Um, so there was plenty of pushback against Gal Gadot's, you know, as Wonder Woman, of course, because she didn't fit some people's vision of what the character would look like in real life. But that's, uh, but that's bound to happen no matter what. So for me, it'll come down to costume choices. Uh, women are often portrayed in tight. Sorry, in skin tight and scantily clad, sorry, clad outfits. I understand the needing to pay homage to source material, but what works in a drawing may not work in real life. So Diana's skirt was incredibly short, uh, and she wore wedge boots instead of practical shoes. Uh, minor details like this indicate women are treated differently through their clothes as the way of making them sexier and more feminine. So you need to only look at the most recent Power Rangers movie to see how male and females are distinguished from one another by their costumes. So it isn't necessary, but in the comics, um, Carol wears a a one-piece suit with boots, gloves, and a sash. All I ask is that uh, it be kept realistic and comfortable. Um, it's bound to be fairly tight, which I guess we can blame on practically, you know, if we try uh, to stay objective. So, um, but it doesn't need... To be overtly sexual, they've been hit and miss with Black Widow's outfits in the past, so I hope Captain Marvel will provide an opportunity to learn and do better. So, um, I also heard reports um, and had first-hand, well, I wouldn't say first-hand experience, but you know, I've heard reports of women across the world bursting into tears during the Wonder Woman um, fight scenes. Um, there were beautifully choreographed, choreographed and shot, and uh, thought I, or you know, argue that Marvel can do a hell of a lot better with their sequences in general. Um, less sh- less shaky camera and more. Wide shots, please. So, um, I don't, you know, but yeah. So the final piece of the puzzle is going to 
come after the movie has already been shot? How will the cast, crew, and studio handle marketing the film? So, will, will there be controversy? Sorry, will it be controversy, or will it be you know smooth sailing? So, but let's not forget the slut shaming Scarlett Johansson's character had to endure from the actress co-star during um, press for Avengers: Age of Ultron. So, but will answers about um, who's a better kisser outshine Diva? More philosophical inquiries. But more importantly, consider the trouble Marvel has had. Will Carol Danvers actually show up in toy collections released for uh, Captain Marvel, or will she uh, be a mysterious? Will she be? Um, like mysteriously or be as mysteriously absent as Black Widow has in the past. So But yeah, but did you have hope but uh do you have high hopes for the Captain Marvel movie following Wonder Woman's success? That is the question. So <clears throat> that concludes this topic. Let's do topic number two now, which is of course uh Spider Man Homecoming opening weekend box office tracking. So, with its July 7th release closing in, box office tracking is beginning to come in to predict, sorry, come in to predict how Spider-Man Homecoming will perform um, in its opening weekend. So, according to the deadline, the Marvel Studios Sony Pictures collaboration is tracking an opening, an open Sorry, trying to open in North America between 90 million to 108 million. Deadline is citing uh, industry tracking and not Sony's own internal numbers. The film is reportedly tracking most strongly among young males as well as families. Um, these as estimated figures can, as Deadline reminded us, change closer to a film's release. But, if that figure holds, then Homecoming would be the third highest domestic opening for a Spider-Man film, both uh, behind both 2007 Spider-Man 3, which was $151.1 million, and 2002 Spider-Man, um, which was... 114.8 million. So, um, among, well, an opening in a 90 million to 108 million range uh, would rank Spider Man Homecoming in the latter half of the top domestic debuts for the Spider Man, sorry, for Marvel Cinematic Universe. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 remains 2017's biggest domestic. Uh, opening weekend for a superhero movie with 146.5 million. In addition of Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man was widely seen as a way to boost Sony's Spidey box office prospects with the studio's Amazing Spider-Man 2 opening to uh, 91.6 million in 2014. No movie featuring Downey's Iron Man in a major role 
has so far opened to less than 98 million domestically. So, an opening in the 100 million range would also place Spider-Man Homecoming's debut in league with Wonder Woman's uh, 103.3 million debut. Spider-Man Homecoming swings in the theaters July 7th. So that concludes this topic. Please visit us and like us on Facebook. And we're available on iTunes and the Google Play Music app.